brother, we're here. Episode five. Dude, so I was sitting um, today and I was like, what episode are we? Are we really in episode five? I said, we've done this five times, man. That's all. We, we in here now. It's real. Right. The only difference is for our viewers, they're at episode two and now we're on episode five. Mm-hmm. So just for their context, for our viewers and listeners, you guys have been now um, exposed to two episodes yeah. from us. We are on episode five. We're trying to get these episodes out. Bear with us. We all have daytime jobs. <laughs> right now. Awesome. Right, right now. Right, right now. Right now. We'll take that qualifier yeah. on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope people got their cups ready. It's another. It's time for another episode of Drunk Mondays. Drunk Mondays. Hey, what you drinking, bro? Hey, uh, this week I got some bullet bourbon whiskey. So I, I love got- bullet. I love bullet, man. That's normal. That's what I was drinking a long time. I've never tried it. This is going to be my first time trying it out. I got it. I'm good. I mix it with a little dash, little dash Red Bull. Okay. Just, oh. just to mix it a little bit. That's what we're doing, huh? Just, just, yeah, just and, you know, Red Bull. I usually, I usually go straight. With mm-hmm. my, and then this time I was like, yeah, nah. You know, after I get done with this, I'm going to do some things around the house, you know. So. I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. What you got? What you drinking? So, on? so today I went a little different. I said instead of just doing a traditional bourbon, I, I have the Hagen Dazs bourbon praline ice cream. And when I got it, I was like, okay, cool. It's gonna have a hint of bourbon, right? But no, this 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 has bourbon. It's it's um it's real. Now, question: Did you have to be over twenty one to buy it? Uh, Candace got it, so I don't even know to be honest with you. She just brought it home and she's like, hey. And I was like, I'm going to use that for the pod. And she was right. like, are you serious? And I was like, hell yeah, let's go for it. Right. I mean, why not? It is Monday. Exactly. <laughs> it's time to try and start this thing off right. You know, how you make something in there? What did you put in there, though? Oh, nothing, nothing. So I got a cup. because So this is going to run out. It's like maybe four or five scoops of ice cream. Right. Like spoons, not scoops. So I got the ginger ale ready. When I run out of that, I'm going to put the cut back and I'm going to drink some bourbon. So I'm going to keep the party going, but I felt like let's just start it off a little non-traditional today. I got it. So we're doing whiskey and ice cream. Yeah. You know, why not? Why not? Right. It's the end of the year. We made it through 2020. Why not? You know what, man? So real talk. That's what it is. You know, we were sitting around talking the other day and it's like, man, like 2020 has been a beast for, for uh, you know, for everybody, right? Like you've been sheltered in place. You've been doing your own, th- you've been doing everything, just trying to keep your mind occupied. And so for us, man, it was like, how can we end this year just on a, on a, on an extreme positive note, you know, surrounded by people that, that love us and, um, and having fun, you know, kids or whatever, like, let's just, you know, cause we can't go out and do a new year's party. So we got to find something, man, that's just fun you know, that we can enjoy, enjoy the end of 2020 and celebrate 2021, you know, so that we can just make 2021 different. Like that, that's really what we're shooting for. Right. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's almost like it's the millennium is about to turn 21. So 21 might be a turn up year, by the way. So, I mean, coming out of 2020, 21 might be crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, you know, the year itself has made people kind of be like, this was crazy. This was crazy. I got to find a way 
to get my mental back exactly right exactly and like how do you you know like it's every year around this time there's always that meme with the woman who's carrying a bag and in the bag is you know quote unquote her baggage and what she's leaving in 2020 whatever and she's stepping into the new year bruh I got I got to get the mental right to going into 2021 just to make sure that we we carry this thing you know real positive and real focused man on doing something better and being better than we were this year yeah I'm down I'm down I mean uh before we kind of jump into the content for yeah. this for this episode I think it's worth shouting out our our guests man our we have guests today but we also have viewers now we have viewers on facebook this is crazy this is crazy crazy, man right so i mean i I don't know what to say i mean i feel so much love and support from the community right uh we and jeff came together we said why don't we do a podcast why not right well i think uh someone i read a quote the other day that said uh 2020 is about execution no excuses right Right. And I was like, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Right. Right. So now put this podcast together and bring it out and put it out there for everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm proud of the work that we've been doing. I'm proud yeah. of having fun, honestly. Yeah, no, this is super fun, man. And you know, when, when I dropped that first pod, when we dropped it on um on Facebook um two weeks ago, or last, I don't even remember when it was. I was kind of unhappy with it to be fully transparent because I didn't like the the video, my personal video quality, right? Because it was the first one. I was like, all right, how are we gonna do this? I didn't know you were gonna jump out the gate so far with the with the fires with the fire set. And so um I just used my I just used my computer camera and I was like, man, I don't really um I don't really like the thing. Um, but but just seeing so many people view it and 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 friends and family members comments on it, I was like, man, this is so dope that people are supporting us this way on right. something that we just jumped out there and did. And so, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I, I'm excited. I, I think I saw today episode one went over 300 views. That's, yeah. that's insane. I've never counted views on a video before. Me neither. Uh, this is insane. And I think um, episode two was growing in viewership mm-hmm. as we speak. And I even had, I had a cousin call me and was like, hey, man, I was watching a podcast, man. Congratulations. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So for my cousin, Corey, shout outs to you, man. I know you're back there listening. Uh, Sage and Sienna, they got to take naps and all that stuff. (laughs) Family, we love them. But all of our listeners, honestly, y'all, thank you for the love. And we appreciate the support. Keep hitting that like button. Keep following us. Episodes are episodes. They're coming at you quick. We got y'all for 21. Definitely. Consider 20 to be the trial run. We're we're working this thing on out. 21 is gonna come at you. We we're here, drunk Mondays. You know, it's it's so amazing, brother, because it's like every week, you know, we get a little bit better. We do something a little bit differently. Um, and so it's just gonna be so amazing when we sit here in December of 2021. What's the pod gonna look like? And how does it gonna, you know, how is it gonna feel? Eventually we'll get, we'll drop one of these dang things on Monday like we're supposed to. We're getting pretty close. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's it's this is this has been an amazing ride for five episodes so far. And so right. like you just just to echo, man, everybody that's watching this thing, everybody that's jumping in this 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 ship with us, man, we appreciate you guys. We love you. And just say, it, it, you know, feedback is a gift. If there's something that you feel like we can do better, then let us know. Like we would love, we would love the input. We would love your feedback. So 
I would love to keep y'all engaged with us, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's about at the end of the day. We wanted to come together and just bring up topics and talk, right? You can't feel alone in 2020. You can't go let 2020 get you down. This is a space where we just want to talk about things and share a drink and have a good time. Yep. So uh, what we got on the agenda today, man, what, what the hell happened this week? Okay, so let me tell you. So last night, I said I wasn't going to watch it, and dang it, I did. I got sucked into the trap. I watched that dang Warnock and Loeffler debate. Oh, no. And it was, oh. it was, it, it, train wreck is an understatement. I'll say this. In some cases, was it better than the presidential debates? Yes, because the two candidates both got to speak. Only one candidate spoke, though. Warnock was talking. Loeffler just literally repeated the same robotic things that she talked like in an ad. It was the radical leftist Warnock puppet of such and such. And, and that was literally how she started every single answer. And so by the time you got halfway through it, the announcer, even, even, the, even the panel, I mean, even the moderators were like, you got anything else? <laughs> Did they? No, no, no. It was, I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. Like, I mean, you know, and even, and then, so I said, okay, you know what? I watched some of it. I watched most of it. Let me go and consult social media, right? Let's see what the streets are talking about. Robotic. Did she right. really just give the same answer to everything? Like it, it, it was flat out embarrassing. It was in like, you, you, you've interviewed people before for your various jobs that you've had, right? Right. At some point, maybe. At some point, right? Like, so so imagine the worst person that you've ever interviewed. Right. That that was oh, like, like a job interview. A like job, job interview. interview. Yeah. Like so somebody you sat down with in front of you face to face and right. you were like, hey, tell me about yourself. Mm -mm -mm. And this was this was their facial expression the entire time. Well, Carrie, you're a radical left liberal who is a puppet for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, medical, med, 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 Medicare. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. So it was, it was like she was a robot. A Trump, a Trump she, robot. It, it was, it was embarrassing. Like it was for somebody who was on a job interview, if that's the performance that you give. Now, somebody may say, hey, she was on brand. She stayed on message, right? Like if you're going to, if you're gonna, if you know, if she is who she is, so she stayed on message, she stayed on brand. Um, right. But 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 for any functioning adult who can think critically about whether or not this person is right for the job, she was trash. Whole, now see, whole debate was trash. Now see, I didn't watch it, right? I didn't watch it. I, I admittedly, usually I'm very active in these things. I wasn't really feeling it. I was like, you know, I already know who I'm voting for. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing changed but the date. I'm voting for Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff, right? Right. I don't really need to see much because someone, a mentor once told me, you don't interview for the job when the job becomes available. You interview for the job in your current day-to-day -day work, right? That's real talk, real talk. Right? So how you show up every day is that interview for the job, right? Yep. So when I look at Kelly Loeffler, I was like, boom, she already failed, right? To me, I did flip through it. I did land on it real quick. I heard her say one thing and I said to myself, this is like the manager that works at Blockbuster that caused you to return the VHS tape or the DVD when they know Blockbuster's closing, right? 
The whole company has failed. Why are you chasing me down for a late fee or something like that, right? I mean, this is a walk. This is an exercise in privilege, right? Like she didn't do anything to earn the vote. She hasn't really done anything. I mean, she she got rich, right? Okay, so she can she can say, "Hey, I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps." But I don't believe that, though. I I really honestly don't. So I did them. I looked into it a bit, just a little bit, right? So. I heard, uh, so when I was flipping through, I got to the part where um, she was talking about how she knows what it's like to work a hourly job or live paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, mm, you living paycheck to paycheck is in the increments of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, right? Exactly. So we're not talking about the same. Like, yes, you live paycheck to paycheck when you go on and you check, did my paycheck get in, right? That's that's not what we mean. And that even shows that she's even more out of touch. I ended up looking up and seeing that she actually paid for college, right? Uh, this is on, in an article from her on the AJC. Uh, Cause I was like, let me stop hating on her. You know, let me look and see a little bit. She paid for college or grad school rather by uh, mortgaging the land her grandparents and gave her through inheritance, right? If that ain't privilege, and, and you know, and, and the funny thing is, this is not this is not even on the topic on the docket for us to discuss, right? But when we talk about the systematic inequalities that 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 exist in our country with with how we as a society generate wealth, it's that, right? right. Like as an African American man like my parents don't didn't have an inherit didn't have land for me to inherit so that I could mortgage to start a business or go to school but but so many of our white counterparts have that in their background and so they're able to stand with a leg up it doesn't mean that right. that they're you know and so when we say that when we talk about white privilege like that's what we're talking about it's not Hey, you know, you you know, well, there is some other stuff in there, but but for the most part, it's you have the privilege that that not many of us else that men, not many African Americans had growing up, and this is a classic example. You paid for college by mortgaging the land that your grandparents left you. Come on, man. But you know, you know, it's it's. I don't have a problem with the inheritance part, right? Not at all. I, so her more recent career. I think a number of things that that are alarming for me and people people have asked like, man, you kind of come out pretty hard against her. Mm-hmm. Um, where's your positioning at? And it's like, well, you got to understand that um, when I was in undergrad, finishing up undergrad at uh, my university, I wrote a whole senior thesis on uh, the fall of the American economy in 2009, the fall of the, the recession, the great recession, right? Oh. Can I can I read that though? That sounds pretty fire. Uh, you probably can if you want to sit through ethics and economics. It's like it's it's fun, geeky kid ethical philosophy stuff, right? Hey, and I was like, podcast. So the, we can make we can <laughs> podcast episode six. The whole premise of this deal was how ethically do you justify taking money out of my pocket and giving it to a company that engages in a certain degree of risk? to justify bailing them out so that they can do what they did again and uh, exact harm on me again, right? Yep. I'm paying someone to basically harm me again. That's mm-hmm. called torture, right? Wow. And that's perfectly taxation, right? Which is, we could get into all that other stuff. But Kelly Loeffler 
actually is um, the founder or CEO of one of the biggest credit credit default swap companies um, that organized. She was one of the architects or her company was one of the architects of the Cayman Islands Bank, where all these Fortune 500 big bank companies got to ship money to the Cayman Islands, not pay taxes on it, do all this risk stuff, and then get bailed out. She's one of the wealthiest senators. Yeah, yeah in- no, no. She is the wealthiest. Like, no, She's- no, no. It's not one of. She is the right. wealthiest current senator. There are many people that think David Perdue was the person that put Kelly Loeffler on a game. I guarantee you, Kelly Loeffler put David Perdue on game because she is she is someone that represents um, so many ways in which moral luck of a situation will allow you to fall forward in life, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's no, that's not on her. I mean, it's she's lucky, right? But then to say that you represent the American will of things. It's like you are so out of touch with yep. what everyday Americans go on. And as even as I as one day I was in another life, I was an electrician. Right. And I would hear people say, hey, man, uh, you want to make sure the owner of this electrical company uh, makes a lot of money, because once he makes a lot of money, he'll he'll give that money to us. Right. This trickle down economics. economics. Right. And that's not how that works out. Right. He made a lot of money and then laid off the people that he needed to to make even more money, exactly. right? Exactly. Because that's that's his ethical duty to this company is to make sure it makes money. It makes money. Right? He's got to make money. So when people say you want someone that knows how to navigate this system to to represent you as a person because they know how to scam, scam off of the system or they know how to get around those loopholes. It's like, yeah, you kind of do, but yeah, you kind of don't because they're never going to look out for you. You got to know, right? There's nothing in that person that flips the switch and then says, yeah, let me not make uh, X amount of million dollars. And by the way, it is published that she is still getting paid by her, her bank, her investment firm. She, her salary is like $3 million and they paid her $9 million to stay a Senator. I mean, but but again, like this is this is what you've come to expect, right? We right. know for a fact, like she says, That's "Oh, right. I know what it's like to live and work and have and be and be the American dream." But but we know, like at the end of the day, any 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 um, Georgian American that that thinks logically about where we are as a country and who she is as a person knows for a fact that that she is not what's representative of this country or what is representative to what to what it's like to be an average american or average georgian living today she's just not and it's okay to say that right like we can we can say hey this ain't this ain't the job for you but go back go do your money make money for whatever as long as the regulators allow you to do whatever you're gonna do right but don't for one second think that you and David Perdue represent my interests mm-hmm. in the Senate. You have nothing aligned with me. You don't represent anything like me, right? So I'm not down for it. You know what I mean? And then you know, and then it came out the other day that um that 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 um Perdue in the six years that he's been in in the Senate has made more stock trades than any other senator in that same yeah. Like, bruh, come on. Like, so you telling me that you're not cashing in on information that you just received? 
in, right. in briefings that, that happen every other day. Like, right. like come on, like do, do it. And then people are like, well, the ethics probe said that they weren't wrong. That doesn't mean anything, right? <laughs> well, because the because part of the ethics is still political as well. Well, I was right. cleared by the Justice Department. Okay, right. we've already yeah. seen that William Barr isn't the most ethical person on the planet. So yeah, yeah, of course he cleared you. But I mean, I'm not even saying don't do it, right? Like I'm I'm not naive enough to to say that other senators don't do it. I'm just saying, don't make it as obvious. Like, bro, you can't be in the in the Senate for your first term six years and be leading the way. Like right. at least be in the middle right. of the pack <laughs> like like hey let's make our money over time now bro like nah man i'm old i'm about but to he's like money. he's a ceo of dollar general right like which, which, again, which like, brings up a whole nother like crazy to me right like i i don't understand how people support support these people but you know maybe it's just diversity of thought maybe there's yeah. a lot of people that align with that but i just don't see how Right. Well, you know, it's funny because you brought up the Dollar General thing. I was I was talking to my mom. We were home for Thanksgiving, um, and and they are and, and I'm from Augusta, and so I was raised in Augusta. But but she was talking about how they're having a lot of do, you know the city is actively courting Dollar Generals and Dollar Trees and whatever whatever to 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 go on a certain part of town because you know because it's becoming a food desert. Right. Kroger and all the other these places are moving out. But I was like, but but see, th therein lies the problem as well, because you, we know how property devaluation happens as you start to see more Dollar Trees and Dollar Generals come right. into a neighborhood. And so she was like, I have never even thought of that. And I was like, right. so I said, yes, the city can actively court them you know, because they have the, they have that, they have that frozen food section, but what is that doing for the one, the health of that community, but then two, what is that also right. doing to the property value in that community, which is going to kill it. And then you, and then you start to talk about, well, what's funded from, from property value and property taxes. And so now you're going to have struggling and failing schools in that same community. And it's just this vicious cycle of, of how we, underfund and how we need to rethink how we fund our education system and how we build better neighborhoods. Right. And I mean, I, if I had to think about who would do that work better, I don't think someone that specializes in New York City investment in Cayman Islands and mm -hmm. credit default swaps, I don't think she represents us. Right. Mm -hmm. And the CEO of Dollar General I just, I don't think you have the juice, man. You don't, you don't have the juice to represent us in the Senate. That's just what it comes down to. I think because he has a vested interest in seeing the, they're the better candidates. Yep. And, and the crazy thing is, is, is Purdue now, if you, if you go walk into it with that framework, you start to see Purdue has a vested interest in seeing minority community struggle because right. He's going to go back and be CEO of Dollar General. He's got, he's got money tied up in, in Dollar General, right? And it's like, yeah, don't get manipulated by these people. Yeah, it's, it's crazy that they are the main people saying, I don't want to be manipulated by fake media, by like all these exactly. the fakeness, the vapors, so to speak, right? So if you don't want to get bit by the vapors, then stop sucking on the pipe, right? <laughs> like, exactly. What are you talking about? Like these people are being manipulated just like just as they are by anybody else, right? Mm -hmm. And the some of you know when you look at the map of how Georgia voted, when you look at the places that are heavy in Republican districts, 
you're going to see areas that are probably going to be prone to having Dollar Trees, Dollar Generals, Walmarts, all the things that suck life out of a community, as opposed to things like Kroger, Publix, Aldi, all these other grocery stores that, yeah, they don't pay as much property taxes as you would want, but they still provide a service. They employ people. They don't put other business. They don't put other businesses out of business. And they don't, they're not a detriment to the health, the, the, the physical health of a community like your Dollar Tree, Dollar General, because they don't serve quality food. Right. So, I mean, if, if, to our viewers that are out there, by the time you probably see this, uh, voting will probably be Two just to happen, right? So, so if you have not already, go out and make sure you, your vote is heard, right? Amen. Even if you don't agree with us, you still should go out there and vote. Don't buy into this whole idea that um, this is a fake vote or it doesn't matter. Your vote, your vote matters. Your vote matters. Get out there, do your thing. I don't care who you vote for, but at least make your voice heard, right? Yep. And the funny part about even even the um the Ossoff side, because Ossoff had a debate last night too, and um and 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 they were petty because he uh, he so so Purdue was supposed to be there. But he, but he backed out. Yeah, right. but they still had the debate, and so they had my man's podium up with an empty. So, so they had Ossoff's podium lit in blue. Oh, no. my man is standing there ready. To, he's oh, answering no. questions, and then they had they had Purdue's podium lit up in red, and it's just and it's just and it's, it was empty. And I said, and I was talking to Candace before the debate. I was like, I wonder if they're still going to do this or not. If I'm them, I do it, and I still have an empty podium there because I'm that petty. And then what happened when I turned on the TV? Petty. Hey, I got a debate. I got a debate. I mean, I didn't know. See, I thought that Purdue backed out and said, hey, I'm not going to debate you at all. What apparently what happened is Purdue agreed to the debate and then backed out. I thought he just said no from the rip that he wasn't going to debate up. He wasn't going to debate also. But he was like, no, apparently they they agreed to the date. They agreed to have the debate. And um, and Purdue just backed out. Wait, so David Purdue, did they say how much money he made while he, uh, while he was in the Senate so far? No, I mean I'll look it up. Well, it, it, before we get off today, I'll look it up. Yeah, because uh, I mean you essentially be voting for him to do it again, right? One hundred percent more money, right? So I mean I think it's time that we allow him to say, "Sir, you've made off enough with our money here, right? Let's let's let him get up out of here, right?" <laughs> But I mean, it, it's your choice, Georgia. You got to come out and vote. You got to do this again. Uh, we got to vote. You got to get out there and and make your voice heard. Exactly. But Jeff, man, but I think something else, may, maybe even more epic, just went down in Georgia, right? Ah, uh, yes. Again, you know, I'm petty. So um, I think your buddy Trump lost Georgia for the third time. Say it thrice, right? Thrice? He's, he's lost it did. thrice times or three times? Is that did the vote? And then they did the hand recount. And then he asked for the computer recount of the hand recount yep. of the regular vote. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy must love losing, right? And then now what he's asking for, apparently, and I'll, I'll look for this later so I don't get distracted. But um, what he's asking for now is a, is a recount slash audit of the signature matches, so from ballot to envelope, but what people aren't saying is you can't, because when the ballot comes in, 
when they signature matches, envelope matches the ballot, signature, signature, boom, we're good. You throw the ba- you throw the envelope away because ballots are supposed to be in secret. So there's right. no possible, once you get past that initial signatures match, I'm looking at them, boom, you throw one away. There's no way for you to go back and physically match a ballot with an envelope because again, now you're ta- now you're getting into um the secrecy that we're all supposed to have when we step into the voting booth. So what he's asking for now and what his little acolytes and Trumpkins are asking for now won't happen, can't happen, and it's illegal. Boom, Trump, you lost thrice times. Hey, you know, this thing that jumps out to me as we're like hearing about this recount and all these legal maneuvers that people are trying to do, I really do hope this inspires a whole generation of minority lawyers, right? Facts. they should be showing you there's a whole other side of this where these people can play as if they are going to overturn the election through the court system, mm-hmm. which is insane. And I, I mean, I understand that we have enough what seems like good actors to at least say, like Brad Raffensperger is like, look, I wanted Trump to win. He lost, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm but being my, ethical to that point, right? But my man was still like, he just got caught when he was trying to do his um his um voter suppression when he did it during the primaries and he was doing you know like the the excessively long lines so because we raised such a fuss during the primaries like bruh he's like nah but i respect i respect him for having the backbone to say i'm not going to do some of these crazy things that you're talking about right and i do think that takes a degree of courage to kind of do those things it's just kind of crazy that we're relying on a system of, of courts and legal parameters and legal justifications that um, we as a minority community don't always have the highest faith in yep. do what's right, right? And I think that's, that's a huge thing. But this should lead a generation of minority lawyers, of people maybe not even minority lawyers, because I think that kind of takes away from um, Caucasians that want to be more progressive and things like that, right? And and that just believe in fairness, right? Regardless of whether or not you're right or left, Democrat, Republican, right. Libertarian, exactly. you just believe in fairness. I, I think that's exactly, that's exactly the right note that I would hit there is that it is about fairness and like, no, you can't overturn an election. Exactly. This is ridiculous that we're even sitting here thinking. I, I think I've read that Trump's national security director did an interview a couple of hours ago where he said, we'll see if Biden actually has an administration. Exactly. I saw that. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. What was his name? Uh, Radcliffe. And I'm like, in December? We're saying this in December? Do you guys know something? Because to this point, no one's put forth any evidence that's actually made sense. No, and I've actually, I've actually turned off some of uh, my Facebook friends. I don't, I understand. I, I love diversity of thought. If you mm-hmm. don't like me, I think you add value to my life and just being someone that doesn't think the way I do. Right. But around elections, I, I got to snooze you. <laughs> I got to snooze you for a little bit because I can't deal it. I can't do it. I mean, I muted some people after Trump won six, uh, four years ago, but I kept a good bit of people around for this moment right here, right? Like, because see, 
I, I, I feel you like you, you have an awesome heart and you're like, hey, I want diversity of thought. And I feel you. Diversity of thought is amazing. And I do. And it's always good to have those people. I kept them around solely to be petty. And so that <laughs> so that they could see all of the memes I shared. They could see all of my gloating because when Trump won, they were like, oh, look at this. You know, so I was like, OK, cool. I eat it. You know, Trump won. He cheated. Um you know, he's going to be a horrible president. I predicted it when he won. I said he's going to burn the Republican Party down. I think I'm probably going to be right in that in that thought. Um, but yeah, like I kept them around for that purpose. And now they get to see all of my memes. And, and then when they do, when they say stupid stuff on Facebook, I'm in their comment section like, hey, Trump is one for 46 in court, right? Like, oh, if you don't follow Neil Katia on Instagram, awesome follow. He breaks down every day the biggest court case Trump lost. So you should follow you him on Instagram. You got to put him in the video somewhere here or, <laughs> right. or Neil there. Neil somewhere. No, he's awesome. So he's a um, he's an election attorney. So he, he has argued um, cases in front of the Supreme Court. And so every day he literally comes on Instagram and says, Hey, it's, it's about three to five minutes, give or take, depending on how big the case was. But hey, here are the, here are the court cases that Trump lost today. Here's why he's going to continue to lose, typically because he's, his attorneys are misspelling words in, affid in affidavits and, right. and court filings, and they're all idiots. But at the end of the day, like Trump doesn't want to win. Like he's not, right. he's doing this because he's raising a crap ton of money. And right. He raised his, like $2.5 million. He raised more money post-election than he did in the days leading up to the election. It's a crazy thing. Like I, I, so I commonly, I commonly, when I'm on Facebook or something and I'm looking at a feed and I see a, a story come across, that's like, wow, man, this person's down on their luck. They need to crowdfund, right? Mm -hmm. Crowdfunding. Uh, I'll donate to some crowdfunds, right? But then when I see Trump basically crowdfunding and it's it's like it, it's the equivalent of someone telling me, oh, I'm trying to crowdfund this flying car. Right. And I'm like, it's not going to happen. Cars, this dude is crowdfunding oh, his way out of debt. Right. Which is which is insane. Right. And, and, and I'm it, like, where is this going? And for him, anywhere. Well, I read something that said, um, I read an article that said Donald Trump is being petty by not letting go of the election, basically saying, uh, you know how y'all came at me about Russia for years? Well, now I'm going to hold up the Biden administration. And I, I mean, I'm a fan of pettiness, right? I get it, right? You want to be petty, let's be petty. But there comes a time where you just got to let it go, right? And just be like, okay. I have my petty time. What now he seems like is like an, the most immature kid in the whole block, right? Where you're like, eh, no one likes playing with this kid. And I mean, I, I, I honestly wonder if it's going to eventually fracture the Republican Party. But I do also wonder if there's a fracturing coming for the Democratic Party as well. If Biden doesn't hit the right notes with the, with the very progressives, right? I mean, I think the problem when you look at the Democratic Party is going to be the same no matter what. I think the Democratic Party has always been a big tent party, right? And so, so when you have that many people of differing value systems within the party that, that span 
you know, excessively conservative kind of Reagan Democrats, you know, they would probably lean Republican in most years, but, but they're Democrats because of some social programming all the way to the progressive end, you're going to have, you're going to, you're going to always have issues, right? But the Republican party for them to fracture, you're already starting from a losing hand, right? Like, you know, they represent less than 50% of the population. So if you frag, you know, it's all white people at this point with the splattering of, 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 of diversity. So if you fracture the Republican party, that's of greater significance than, than the fracturing of the Democratic party, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I, I, but, but if you, if you, in a different podcast, we could talk about my, my extreme hatred for the two-party system. Right. I mean, you know. I'm too. I think it hurts us more than anything. Exactly. I think that's another podcast. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> but 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 I think at the end of the day, Trump is going to burn down this party. Um, and it's, it's going to affect, I, I think it's going to affect um, how people perceive this party going forward the longer he stays a relevant, viable voice in the party, right? He may not ever be president, but if he's put in the position where you have to come to him to be kingmaker, right? right? Like if right. he's the kingmaker and in order for Trump's base to show up for you, then that means that candidate has to be excessively more Trumpy to get, well, to see, get their I, votes. I think the thing you're you're actually building to is um, Ivanka versus um, versus uh, Kamala. I'll take that. First female press, right? I think that's where this is going because Trump has shown you time and time again that given the opportunity to rank against his daughter, his daughter will always outrank always whoever's in the in the running, right? Yeah. And Which, for that reason, I think, and if you watch, Ivanka's gotten much more aggressive in mm -hmm. her language and structuring. And it looks like the retirement plan for the Trump party, for the Trump Republican party, is to... Um, take a hold of this momentum yep. and come back vengefully. Right. Yep. So I actually, actually what I think the play is uh, the chestnut checkers play of the week, right. Is that this isn't actually about Donald Trump at all. I think this is more about Ivanka's future run in 24. But right? the crazy thing about that is, is, is the better person if you're a Republican because she probably has the less dirt on her fingers to, if you want a Republican woman to be president first, the better candidate would be Nikki Haley. You know, she's from South Carolina, you know, she's so not she, Unless she's not, she marries a Trump. She yeah, but that's Trump. the thing as a Republican, you would prefer to have Nikki Haley because she is, she's less right. dirty and right. she has policy experience. So you can, so you can get behind Republicans. Whereas if you want to fire up the Democratic base and have 84 million people vote again, put a Trump on the ticket. Right. See what that does, right? Exactly. Whereas if you put Nikki Haley on the ticket, like you're not going to get any Democrat that's going to jump ship from a Kamala, a Kamala Harris to uh, Ivanka Trump. But you could get some conservative Reagan Democrats and some conservative Democrats to jump ship and vote for a Nikki Haley you know, because like, eh, I'm not really comfortable with this evil progressive that's Kamala Harris or this black woman, right? Like I'll jump ship to support Nikki Haley, but I ain't jumping ship to support any Trump by any brand. Now in that same vein of politics as usual, right? Right. I'd be remiss if I didn't recognize the masterclass that is Nancy Pelosi, right? Nancy now, Pelosi. Right? 
Nancy Pelosi is is uh, is is making a lot of moves out there, and one of them, very particularly, is almost like a, a sub sub tweet or a shaded uh, shaded step in her war against the Republican Party, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, she got bipartisan re- support for the Moore Act, right? The Moore Act, um, I can't remember what it all stands for, but it's marijuana something, 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 right? Essentially decriminalized marijuana. Decriminalizing marijuana. But there are many things a part of this move that are that are really interesting if you think about this breakdown, right? So... Uh, uh, there's Republican support. There's Matt Getz, who's like a co-writer of the mm-hmm. bill, right? Who basically says the future of the Republican Party is on getting somewhat more liberal in their interpretation mm-hmm. of restrictions. He's any. He, he, I mean, I don't really like Matt Getz. That's that's not my He's guy. Right? But I respect the fact that he says, look. Every time marijuana is on the ballot, it overwhelmingly passes, right? If we don't get with the times, this is going to be a death knell for us, right? Because Jeff Sessions and his quotes about good people don't smoke marijuana, that's just not where society society is now, right? And I mean, if we can trace these back, I actually, in anticipation of talking about this, right, I started looking up some stuff, right? So I had found that um, the marijuana laws that we commonly know of today are rooted in extreme racism, right? Since like the 1930s after prohibition, the guy that was over prohibition comes up with drug drug laws. They put out propaganda. They make it seem like, oh, if you smoke marijuana, then you'll rape, kill, murder people. And it's overwhelmingly been prosecuted by blacks and Mexicans since the 30s, right? If you take a step further from that, what it also what what the what our marijuana laws also live with well well the framework that they're built around comes from the tobacco industry because the tobacco because because marijuana plants are faster and easier to grow than tobacco and so the tobacco industry lobbied congress to create these laws to to ban to to ban marijuana so i mean if you really want to get technical you, you you can go a little bit further back than that Right. I mean, uh, the expansion of Mexican immigrants into America that brought marijuana with them as coping, right, as as a coping mechanism or anything that they just brought in, which wasn't illegal at the time. At the time when they first brought it in, everyone is smoking marijuana, right? <laughs> it's not a legal thing. It's it's very out there. And I, for one, I don't smoke marijuana. I, I don't mess with marijuana. I don't have to smoke marijuana to be an advocate for getting out of people's business, right? (laughs) Right. And, and again, you talk about the issues that I have, again, I don't smoke marijuana as well, but again, who cares? Whatever you do in your house is your business, but you can't have large swaths of this country that are decriminalizing it at the state level while various black and brown people are still sitting in prison for doing the very thing that is now legal in so many states, right? So right. like that has to be part of this, this larger conversation of right. if we're gonna make it legal, make it legal, but then let's get these nonviolent people who are in prison for just selling marijuana out right. of prison because we, we have all just agreed that, that 
it's now legal and it's a good thing. It's a, if you do it, if you're using it for medicinal purposes, if you're using it for if you do it, whatever it's none of your business, it's it ain't not, got nothing to do with me. Find your business, right? Right. This was this is not the 1920s or 10s or 30s, right? We're in a different era where it's mind your own business. That's it. And why, the thing you is, my, why are you all in my pocket, right? Is, is if, 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 if you, if, if I can, as a citizen, go out and drink, why can't I go out and smoke? At, right. at the end of the day, if I get in my car and I'm inebriated on any level, there's consequences, right? So whether or not I'm inebriated with weed or inebriated with, with alcohol, it don't matter. Put me in jail. But at the end of the day, if I'm doing it in my home or if I'm doing it at your house and you cool, no, I, the, conversation. here's here's my here's my 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 thoughts on all this. Right. So Nancy Pelosi, the reason why I bring up Nancy Pelosi is because a part of this bill, by decriminalizing it at the federal level, mm-hmm. they get it out of um, uh, out of being a, a standard one or what is it? A stage one or stage one narcotic or something. OK, right? so it's a it's like the a class of narcotic that says it holds no benefits to you medicinally right but we know from a scientific standpoint that is not correct right Right. it does help people from very different various different reasons again none of my business right my business next thing is it adds a five percent tax on the onto um marijuana sales right cash right so that five percent tax right that you would put on marijuana sales then leaves it up to the states to say you do your thing, right? I think that's a masterclass. If Matt Gatz probably put anything in there, it was leaving it up to the states, right? percent, oh, right? Because that now says, do your thing, Georgia. Do your thing, Florida. Do your thing, Denver or Colorado. I'm sorry. Uh, do your thing, California. Do whatever y'all gonna do, but send that tax money up to Uncle Sam, right? So if you're talking about student loan forgiveness. Mm. If you're talking about uh, stimulus, right? Or, or if you're talking about universal pre-K. Social security funding, right? Exactly. And you want to take away from the crime that comes along with the cartels, tax it, mm-hmm. right? Have people develop it in, 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 in the States, right? At scale, right? And then watch what happens to these opportunity zones, right? Where people and- have the ability to now invest in, benefit from, and and farm into and you have experts in this industry sitting in incarceration right now exactly the people that know how this business works could then be consultants could be managers entrepreneurs right and that would generate economic activity i just on the the other side of that chase this right and on the other side of that coin is now you have less people in the in the prison system that you're then having to pay for. Right. Right. Like right. that's less people I have to house, less people I have to feed. That's less police officers that are involved in 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 right. industry. So now a police officer can spend more time solving a murder or more time getting a cat out of a tree or more time doing whatever the hell else a police officer needs to do that has right. nothing to do with over policing black and brown communities because of weed. Do you know what happens? No one, I don't have a magic calculator, but I would surmise that by making this a, a, a open kind of non-criminalized element of society, you generate jobs, you generate businesses, you get more things going. 
you would stop focusing on Dollar General and focus on dispensaries so that the local person that's out there kind of doing this cash business on their side with is very dangerous that leads maybe to gang violence and things like that wouldn't have to do this anymore and they could be a legit business right now in order to get that though it goes back to the first topic is you need to get your butt out and vote for warnock and ossoff because it ain't gonna leave the senate if you have Mitch McConnell leading the Senate. Right. This is just not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Now, if you want, if you want something like this to pass, then that means you got to get out there and vote for Warnock and Ossoff and they got to win because now, now, now Vice President Harris is now the 50-50 vote splitter. And you can get things like marijuana decriminalization. You can get things like Puerto Rico being a state or Washington D being a new state. You can get things like expanded healthcare, but none of that, or hell, more recently, you can get another freaking stimulus check, but none of that is going to happen if Mitch McConnell is in the damn is is, is the person that's running the Senate. Right. I'm he's sorry, I'm stepping literally. off my soapbox. No, but I mean, he's kind of come out front and said, my job is to be the opposition, right? Exactly. And this is like, man, it's 2020, man. Mitch, we've kind of been through this before, right? I mean, like, he calls himself the Grim oh, Reaper of Democratic policy. Right. And it's like, if you are true to what you say, right, then I don't even think you can look at, well, 50% of America agrees with us, right? Or 49% of America agrees with us. I do think, I do, now I would say this, in my era of, you know, communal politics and everything, um, I, I'm a collaborate first, takeover next type of person, right? And I would say it would be better if you could get 60, 60, 40 or something like that, or something, something close to that on some of these, uh, these laws. Cause I, I don't necessarily agree with where it's like, we just barely have it. Let's win it. Right. Let's I, I, I do think you, America. Right. You, you get that if McConnell is not um, Senate majority leader, because I do think there are probably six, seven, eight, maybe 10 Republicans on the, that, that are in the Senate right now that would support um, a lot of these more progressive policies. Right. You know, like we talk about whatever version of the Green New Deal that President um, Biden puts forth, whatever version of expanded Obamacare, because right now we see that it's a very, especially Obamacare, you know, as we look at the future, we understand that green technology is going to be an economic engine for this country. And so, yeah, I do think that there's a good bit of Republicans who would get behind it, but they're not going to get behind it if Mitch McConnell is the is the Senate majority right. leader. Right. If he gets everyone's need to be in line with my opposition. Exactly. Of, right. That's just terrible. So, I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful. I know it has an uphill battle. We have to see what happens. You're kind of waiting to pull off a hat trick in Georgia. Yep. to see if this would even go, right? It's a hard-ass uh, hat trick. But you know, it also, it also the timing of it isn't missed on me, right? That Nancy has got this thing done in a time where it's like waiting to see what happens with the Georgia Republicans as almost a firestorm of like, oh, see what they say, you know, Loeffler and Purdue, I mean, or, or yeah, Purdue, right? Was that yeah. Purdue, they, Loughlin, Purdue, yeah. Yeah. So see what they want to do first, right? 
So do you come out and support it? And then what does that do for the Republican Party? Right? You know, what's interesting is, is as much as we praise Pelosi for what she does on the House side, I, I low-key have to somewhat praise um, Mitch McConnell on the, on the Senate side because what he has, what they both do very well is they protect their people from having to make hard votes. Right. And so Pelosi will never bring up something that will just barely pass. She's going right. to bring up stuff that overwhelmingly passes so that she can tell her conservative Democratic folks, hey, it's okay. We got enough votes for you to vote this down so you can go to your constituents and say, hey, I didn't support it. And Mitch McConnell, as much as I hate him, he does a really good job of like if Nancy Pelosi were to pass another two trillion dollar um, stimulus bill out of the house tomorrow. Right. It would never come up for a vote before right. the, um, before the election in January, because he doesn't want Loeffler and Purdue to have to come out against something that's going to, that's overwhelmingly popular. Right. So. Right. Which is just crazy when you think yeah. about it, right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the politics of the situation. 100%. Like, and so you, as much as I hate Mitch McConnell, like, he is he 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 also gives out a masterclass of of how do you control the rules and procedures in the Senate, and right. that's why they got so many damn judges passed because right. this dude knows the damn rules, and I hate him knows for the it. Rules. I mean, I, I gotta respect that, right? Someone that's like it's chats always, it's always chats, never checking. Always, right? always. You I know, okay. Can, can I can I throw this in here real quick? Yeah, I, I have to commend us as a as a as a pod though because. Two weeks ago, we were talking about um, whether or not Patty Mayonnaise and Skeeter were black, you know, and having a 100% random yet funny pod. Right. And then, and then now we're now we're going back and forth on high-level political issues. So it shows the breadth to our listeners. It shows the breadth of what you could receive <laughs> with our podcast. Yeah, right. we could be random and go down rabbit holes that are about whether or not our favorite. 90s cartoon characters or black or white or whatever they were whether, right. whether or not magic school bus was culturally inclusive and we can talk about politics and we, and we right. can be just as educated in both right hey this is what it means to be young black and educated hey right? young black and educated baby young black and educated ybe right so if you i don't know if we even qualify as young yeah anymore. i don't think we qualify as young anymore so we're just black and educated I mean, I, I, can we do we say are we are we middle-aged black and educated now is that are we, I, 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 I don't want to be a maid i mean i mean are we i guess we're in the gray area right because i mean i don't know what middle age is i'm like Right. You know, so we're not it's, young, but we're not middle age either. We're like in we're in right. that gray zone. It's a similar question that I had about Middle Earth one day when I was like, Middle Earth? Middle? So oh, are you talking about Middle Earth from Lord of the Rings or which, which, which Middle <laughs> yeah. Earth are we talking about? Yeah, all, okay. all the above. All the Middle Earth. I was like, Middle Middle Earth? Is there Upper so Earth? what's on Upper Earth? Right. <laughs> and the fact that it's middle also implies there's a lower earth. I was like, is this opening up? Is this like a tentpole? Is we're gonna get to upper earth at some point and there's then lower cool. earth? There is there there there's classes of earth. There's classes. Yeah, yeah. So it's the systematic earth. racism of earths. <laughs> earths. You're right. Earths. Right. So no, but uh legit. I mean, I love that we can talk about all these things. I right. do think I would say gifted black and educated. Let's, Whatever you say, I'm gonna roll with there, it. Right. But I mean, in that same vein, let's we I think we talked about politics enough. I hope our viewers got the politics. Yeah, we can get to the ratchet stuff. 
All right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is on my docket and things, right? So <laughs> I, I got love for my comedians out there. Let's talk about Dave Chappelle, right? Chappelle, I love him. Hell, I love him. I love this guy, right? I love that he did SNL, told such a sincere story yeah. about how his ancestors would reflect on him not making money from Chappelle's show, right? Yeah. All the success that he's gotten. And a thing that largely would catapulted him to that level, mm-hmm. he makes no money off of, right? Which at the time, none of us knew. And so I'll be right. honest, when, when he walked away, I believe the narrative that this dude broke from all the success, like he just mentally snapped from all the success. Right. Not that my man walked away because he wasn't getting no money. And like, 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 bro, you're the brains behind the operation. If they not paying you, I, I walk away. I'm with you. I support right. you. But I didn't know that at the time. And now that I do, I'm like, dang. Right. I think, I think, you know, honestly, I think this is why us as a race or a class of, of society, the minorities have been in these situations where the people that should do better, don't do better, mm-hmm. that we're very suspectful of rich CEO senators, right? This is where this comes from. Because the people that put Dave Chappelle under contract, I totally get the business, right? We got to give you a contract because we're investing in you. We don't know if this is going to take off. We got to compensate ourselves for some risk. But after this skyrockets in success, we should do right by you if we want to continue to do business, right? But instead, they didn't do that, right? And and the reality is, is understanding that, yeah, you can stroke me a bigger check. And all I'm going to do with the bigger check is I'm going to go even harder to make even more money. So right. this is one of those situations where a rising tide lifts all boats. But but they they but but you know like like we talked about earlier, here we are with this what we think is trickle down economics, and that money wasn't trickling down. And Dave was like, "I'm done. I'm out." Right. And he said he said very powerfully, like I cannot do this and be yep. okay. Right. And time has shown that. Uh, if anything, this is the thing that jumps out to me about. So for our viewers that don't know, so Dave had a, a really hard contract, right? Hard terminology, things that he couldn't get out of. No one was coming in and saving him out of that contract. That contract then passed on from Comedy Central up through CBS. And then CBS held the rights to the Chappelle show, right? Yep. The same company that has Big Bang Theory, NCIS, CSI also has Chappelle show. Well, it came time to start making money from this. As they watch Dave Chappelle start making money with Netflix and start getting buzzworthy, right? They then said, okay, it's time for us to reap something from this. They sold rights to broadcast or stream the Chappelle show through Netflix, HBO Max, and a few other platforms, right? Chappelle posts on Twitter and says, I make no money from this. And I'm actually in a deal with Netflix right now. This is not a great deal. But he also says, shout outs to Netflix because I called them and I said, hey, I don't think you should do business this way, right? And they said, magically, we'll do right by you, Dave, and got it off. Took it off the night the night that happened, right? Yep. That's amazing for a company to do right by their people. 
right? I think Netflix right now with in, in regards to Dave Chappelle and I, you know, you could probably make the argument for Netflix as a company. I think they're playing the long game and I think they understand the, 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 the way we're moving as a society, as it relates to how we, how we are digesting TV and how we're digesting um, entertainment. And Netflix played the long game. They're like, hey, we're gonna need people like Dave Chappelle and we're gonna need content like this and stars like this on our network. So we're right. gonna go for, we're gonna go big. And I think that they, they played it right. Right. I mean, I got to say, ever since uh, Viacom took over BET, I haven't been that like excited about all these things. Right. Because Viacom buys out BET. Now they start doing a lot of things with programming. I was excited to see that uh, BET got uh, Tyler Perry to a deal and he could get more content out. I was excited with Deb uh, when she took over CEO of, of uh, BET. I thought they did great programming through mm -hmm. the Viacom deal. And I'm happy for BET to do that, right? There's a part of me that always gets really weird and suspectful of what's going on here when big businesses do big deals with minorities, just because we've heard the horror stories of Tony Braxton and TLC and other people that have just gotten screwed out of their deals, exactly. right? Screwed out of their, not out of their, out of their deal, because I, I hear the legal arguments that, well, they signed the contract. That's the contract, right? It's the same argument I use with a general contractor when he doesn't fix something in my house, right? Well, you sign the contract, you need to do the work, right? But I think it's different when in that right. sense. Because when we look at, even when you taking it back to what Chappelle was talking about, Chappelle was like, hey, even the lawyers and the agents that I had that reviewed the contract that I was signing, they were all buddies with, with right. the company. Strange that I was, fellows, right? Yeah, and so, so, so he was walking into this process alone right. as opposed to the people who you think is supposed to have your back. That's why I appreciate what LeBron does. And I know this is switching gears a little bit, but I appreciate what LeBron has done is he's put his own team on, you know, so they've all come up together. And so now he knows for a fact that the people who are in his corner have his back because they've come up together. Now, granted, that doesn't always work out, but I'd prefer to have people I know for a fact that have my back than, than go with somebody who is just a major player in the game. Because oh, nine yeah. times out of 10, he's gonna be friends with the dude that I'm making the contract when it's gonna benefit either way, so. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's where, that's where I was going, because it's like, I'm always weird about it, but Netflix has shown time and time again, they are almost the haven for minorities that yep. are getting screwed on their deals, right? Like Shonda Rhimes re-signed a deal to do uh, original content with Netflix. Um, uh, Kenya Kenya Bears, uh, um, he did a deal, right? I think his name is Kenya Bears. That did Blackish. He got out of he got an original content deal with Netflix as well. And when Monique kind of comes on and then says like all these crazy things about Netflix and getting a Netflix deal, but then you have um, you have Cat Cat uh, Williams come on and say, "This is how the Netflix situation works, right?" And he advances this platform like, "Oh no, you're gonna have to put up your own money first, right?" But then you show them there's value, and then they will come to the table and they do right by their people that they that they deal with. Is really is a really impressive um, situation to me. It's like, wow, that's really interesting for. 
for for Netflix, right? It's something I'm I don't hear people talking about on Peacock. No, nah, it'll be interesting to see how long Peacock stays around. Right. Well, I I mean, I, honestly, I started to kind of rag on Disney Plus. Uh, we talked about Disney Plus before, but I heard Beyonce has like a three three movie deal with uh, Disney Plus to do more content. I actually thought the the Lion King. Don't say this. The I thought the Lion King visual album thing was kind of dope. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Never mind. Can, carry on. Yeah. That was kind of dope. I mean, I love the visuals and all that, but I mean, we're talking about uh, minority creators kind of putting out right. content in spaces that aren't traditionally not meant for them, but will are riskier for them mm-hmm. because of the size of the deals. And to have yeah. like Shonda Rhimes come back in and say, I've now learned what not to do with ABC, right? Or Disney, House of the Mouse, right? And then I've been able to traverse that over to Netflix and do a better deal. It's really interesting. It's a really interesting concept. I hope that works out for Netflix. I mean, or you see somebody like Kev on stage who's like, hey, y'all aren't giving black, enough black content creators a shot. So I'm going to create a space and I'm going to do it myself. And I think he released a video today, whatever today is, uh, December 7th, where he said, hey, he just signed a contract on a new soundstage, right? And he, awesome. like, I want to say this weekend, he, 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 he released um, the Kev on Stage Studios app that, that you can get on Netflix and, and all, all the streaming services spots. I'm like, you know, like that's, he's doing that because not enough people are getting their own shot with these bigger networks and these bigger deals. So he's like, so instead of waiting on you to give me something, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna start it myself. And, 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 and so many of us are having to do that because we're not getting fair shots and we're not getting good deals um, when other people are getting better shots and better deals. I mean, I think it kind of also goes back to this whole idea of like originality and, and equity and creativity, right? right. Which is, uh, the way things are kind of going now, we kind of regurgitate out the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Right? But even for us that are doing this, right, we have a concept. We want to try it out. We're we're the ones kind of building this whole deal out, right? When someone says, "Well, I don't know," that's how a podcast goes, and we say, "Well, who's who wrote the rules on podcasts?" Right? Exactly. <laughs> this is what we want to do. This is kind of how we're doing about. It. If it fails, it fails on our own, uh, our, our own kind of efforts. If it's successful, then it's successful on our own efforts as well, right? And, and I think we just have to stay, you know, and I think Kev said this, Kev on stage said this, or somebody said it that was on one of his shows. It was like, you got to stay true to who your audience is, right? Understanding that, yes, do people of all faiths, religions, colors, and creeds, are they going to watch this pod or listen to the pod? Hell right. yeah. But at the end of the day, my primary constituent are going to be the people who are going to be most loyal to me and whoever that is that's consuming my content the most and appreciating it and paying for it eventually or whatever, right. or buying into it or whatever that looks like, then that's the constituency base that I'm going to care the most about. And if you're yeah. not part of that constituency base, eh, you can kind of kick rocks. I mean, right. Yeah. I think, I think um, even throughout this process of even just five episodes, we've had, I've had people come up and say, I don't know about that name, right? <laughs> that name. Mm, yeah. That name, that drunk Mondays. You're getting drunk on a podcast uh, every Monday. That, that can be good for, for your career or what you're kind of trying to do from a career perspective. And I've been like, if you didn't 
even watch the episode to see that that's not what's going on here, but it's a concept, a construct for approaching this type of experience. Exactly. But maybe it's not for you. And I'm not going to try and force it down your throat either. Right. And, and, and it's funny because you, you know, cause it's like, I, I've gone mentally back and forth. Like, man, this is a really, I mean, you know, when you think about the, the phrase uh, drunk Mondays, you're like, all right, yeah, you're putting it out there. But, but, but when you listen to episode one, you flat out said, Hey, we're not getting drunk every Monday. This is literally just two dudes coming together, enjoying a drink on a Monday, but it's the idea that life is good and you can sit back on, on a Monday, have a drink with a friend, even in this virtual environment and talk about issues that, that you both deem important, right? Like that's what this is about. It's not about us sitting around on a Monday night getting right. sloshed. And even if you watch the podcast, you can see the fact that neither one of us have probably more than two drinks right. in a full episode. So right. no, one's getting, no one's getting drunk on this, but not I mean, yet. there might be one or two where we go out on a Saturday and we do the live pod, maybe, right. but eh, not maybe. on, not today. Not, right. So. Exactly. Like, <laughs> You know, so yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's interesting because in the same vein, I watch Netflix has a show out right now that's chronicling um, how different Christmas movies were made. Yeah, I and, mean, my wife watched that too. Yeah, so the very first episode, they were talking about Elf. Right. And, um, and, it, and it made me frustrated a little bit because they talked about how they gave these unknown directors and unknown um, actors at the time, this chance with this semi-large budget movie, but at the same time, we have black content creators that are out there with great concepts for movies and they wanna be directors and they wanna be actors, but we don't give them a shot, but we'll give the guy who made, uh, I forgot his name, uh, Iron Man, the director of Iron Man, right. um, his one of his first movie shots on a big budget was Elf. Right. So we're willing to give these guys a shot at making a movie, but we're not willing to give, but, but black, but black directors and black actors have to fight and claw right. simply for a shot. We're not even asking for, for. And action. it's, I, th I think it's important to, to clarify, like we as people are not mad at him. No person. We're mad. Make your money, bro. Frustrated by the situation that says him over other people that might have done better or different things with it or right just say give a, or not even right. like i want my man to make the money i want him to right. have i want i want my white brothers and sisters to get a shot right? right but what i also want is for us to be able to say and also to give our our, our people of color a shot as well with right. the, with the with a hundred million dollar budget right oh, like, true, like true. give a, like right. it, it it doesn't take Black Panther for us to give a black director a shot. We should be able to walk into a space and say, hey, let's make a movie. This dude over here is making great movies. Let's give this young brother a shot and he makes 300, right? Right. Like, like that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't take a black director to make a black movie. Um, right. We should be able to give black directors and black actors and black production studios a shot simply because they do great work already. Right. And that's right. what we're and that's what we're doing for our white brothers and sisters, but we're not willing to take that same leap of faith and that same love to a to a black director or a black production or anybody in the industry. So yeah, I mean so 
I mean, props to Dave Chappelle for being able exactly. to. Exactly. Let's bring this back to what we were talking about. I could be a big enough star that can approach Netflix and say, hey, could you, I don't know if you, he didn't even say do right by me. He mm-hmm. said, I just don't think you want to do it this way. Yeah. Right. And that worked out for him. I'm proud of, I'm proud of him. Happy to see him do more, more things with Netflix. I'm hoping that mm-hmm. more things are on the horizon for him. Great, great opportunity for Dave Chappelle. But hey, let's take one more step into the into the culture. You ready for this? <laughs> Go for it. So someone told me that breakdancing is going to be on the Olympics. Last last week we were talking about having Snoop and Ti actually do the commentary for the Olympics, mm-hmm. and now. I'm actually looking forward to this if this should happen because maybe we could get a Snoop and T.I. kind of overseas. No, no, no. You don't want to you don't want to pull him off the state of NCIS Los no. Angeles? No, he can stay. He can stay. He can stay. He can stay where he's at. But breakdancing at the Olympics. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I saw that. Now my only question is, are we gonna have an official DJ? Because I feel like if the official DJ isn't like, you know, Grandmaster Flash or Kid Capri, then I feel like it's gonna it's doomed to fail. Like like breakdancing in the Olympics needs to have an official DJ that knows breakdancing. And I also I feel some kind of way, right? Because I feel like this is just <laughs> another spot where there's gonna be some cultural appropriation in an arena where we should excel, which is dance, you know. Are we gonna get? Are we? Are we gonna get a shot? Are we gonna get our fair shake? And you know. So, you know what? I'm struggling. So, so I think this is for the 24 Olympics, right? I yeah. think it's for 2024. If I remember correctly, 24 is in Paris, right? Isn't mm-hmm. it? So in Paris, I thought. I thought to myself, I'm always looking for the hustle, right? I was like, Paris them found a way to get the late twins into the Olympics by doing break dancing, right? Like, is this going to be a spot where we're going to see the Jabberwockies hey, win a gold medal? About to happen. I, de- I definitely think you're about to see the Jabberwockies. Uh, you're going to see uh, America's Best Dance Crew come back and be like the Olympic qualifiers, right? Which is going to be insane. We're going to see great skate out there kind of doing their like, oh, oh. Look at me. got him, get him, <laughs> right? It's Obviously, going to it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's it's you know if 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 we can have gymnastics routines, the floor the floor routines that are that are part of the Olympics, then then I would also probably argue that 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 a break dance competition fits in that same vein because they're just as hard to put together as as gymnastics or 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 some so of like, the other things that you're going to throw in there. But how do you judge this? Like, so this is saying Subjective. every country has a judge. That that will say like, did you see that that tick? He he only popped. He didn't it's, it's gonna be like he, synchronized no, swimming, right? <laughs> They're gonna be like his wave was believable. He had the wave going, right? That's gonna be kind of crazy. Subjectively judging breakdancing in the twenty four Olympics. You know what? I mean, I, I don't, I, I lack rhythm. I don't dance. Uh, I don't hula hoop. I don't really jump rope too tough. So, um, 
So this is probably not going to be something that I, I mean, I'll give it a shot because I just want to, you know, when the Olympics come around, I want to see America get like all the gold medals. Right. So I'm going to give it a shot um, and I'll watch it. But like, yeah, I'm not going to be too harsh in it because no matter where you're from, whether or not the, the, the Russian um, breakdancing team, they probably right. got me beat because I can't really be hey. too tough. Now, why are you playing? I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be – I think we're thinking we're going to send the dream team, breakdancers, right? But breakdancing has gone global, right? No. Hey, if this it's year about, one, 2024, no, we need to send a dream team. We need to go ahead and, and put the dominance out there that that's you're what, not beating America in breakdancing. That's what I'm saying. You got to deal with South Korea, China, who probably already has a school dedicated to breakdancing. In in China, right? Because they yep. like to win, and you got to deal with Tokyo, right? Like Japan itself has a storied history of putting out break dancers and people that can that can no. really go to war. Then that means you need right? nope. That means I need I need fifteen dudes from Brooklyn and Thames on the breakdown. <laughs> and if and if and if anybody else is on the team, then we don't have then we're not putting our best foot forward. All I know is I'm waiting for the breakdancing qualification rounds, right? Where uh, breaking two, the next level. So this is going to be like what? Breaking three, right? Where I got to see something and I got to see some turbo in there, right? I got to see some people go to war like and, and like really come up. I actually think this was foretold in step up two, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if they don't have, I mean, what's his name? Chris Brown need to be on the team. I need Chris to see somebody take somebody's heart and hey. eat it. Like, I'm, I'm saying all of these things need to be in there. Hey, I might need to see Columbus Short do the, do the, do the. Yes. The, Hold on, do, do, the, do the hand move. Ah! <laughs> like, we represent the ooh, 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 I do this for my brother. <laughs> I gotta see how this goes down because this is gonna be off the chain. I need to see Omarion, Chris Brown, Usher can probably still probably get in there, right? And, still, and if somebody like, has to die like the week before, so that gives no. everybody like focus to do it for no. him, and <laughs> then and then they gotta pass on the glove. Are you talking about the plot from You Got Served? <laughs> Are you talking about the platform you got hey, there? Hey, like, the, the glove has to get hey, past. What's his name? What's his name? Little Safe. They were like, we the little safe now, man. We got it. Hey. I don't even what? know what was. Hold on. Was that from Drumline? No, no. That one from Drumline. That was from my, what's the Steppin' movie? No, it was from the Steppin' movie too, wasn't it? Guard. What you talking about? What was the Steppin' movie with the, uh, Stomp no, the Stomp. Yard? Wasn't that in Stomp the Yard? Wasn't that the same the part yard. from Stomp Chris the Yard too? Dies. Chris Brown dies in like the first 10 minutes and Stomp the right. Yard. And, like, then, and, then, and, then, and then my man uses served. the glove. You Got Served has uh, the little, little dude, I think his name was Lil Saint, and he got shot or, or caught up in some gunfire. And then they all came together to represent Little Saint or something like that. It was crazy. It was crazy, right? So I'm okay with that happening for the 2024 U.S. Olympic team. The biggest threat out there is the Saint, is the little twins, right? The twins, right? The little twin, lay twins that roll with Beyonce. They out there, 
They out there doing their thing. We got to watch out for them now because they, they represent in Paris. They represent France. They they going to be in there trying to do their thing now. Whatever it takes, out. whatever it takes for the U.S. to bring home the gold, at least in the first breakdancing competition, we got to hey. do whatever. Chris Brown, if you're if listening, Chris, we need you. If Chris Breezy comes out there and wins a gold medal, if he ends up becoming a gold medal Olympian, I think, I, I don't know, I don't know what this does for the Hall of Fame, Rock Hall of Fame, but he's going to be like, I made, be in there. I made it, I did it, it's mine, right? Gotta be in there. That's going to be crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. 24, I'm looking forward to that, I'm going to be tuning in, I got to see this, I got to see this now in action to see what 100%, happens. 100%, 100%. All right, hey, so, so, so you, were, you, were, you, you sent me a message the other day, or earlier today, about, um, um black sign language black american sign language yeah man so tell this me, is I, I had i mean i saw the story but i didn't read it so tell me more because I, I i this is this is intriguing for me all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave people with a little bit of a spoiler here because we're towards the end of our show yeah but definitely this is a spoiler because i want people to kind of go look at this right so there's a tiktok viral star out there who is talking about uh black american sign language B-A-S-L, right? I'm familiar with American Sign Language, not that I sign, but I know people that do sign. And I was like, oh, this is a very fascinating thing. It never occurred to me that there would be a Black American Sign Language, right? Mm -hmm. Which is almost like a dialect on top of sign language, which is fascinating in, in and of itself, right? But apparently it's, this has its roots. Um, back in the early 1800s was the first American Sign Language or School for Deaf Children, right? Where they were teaching sign language, right? And as they were teaching sign language uh, to those children, they did not accept African-Americans into that school till much later, right? It's amazing. So as those people, Amer Black Americans in the early 1800s or probably back to the 1700s, as long as there were deaf people around, had to kind of develop their own dialect or their own signs for the same language. That's amazing. And, and this was passed down from generation to generation and almost becomes their own kind of twist on the language. Mm -hmm. So apparently there are a bunch of nuances between American Sign Language and Black American Sign Language, but it is purely one of the dopest concepts that I've seen 100%. just because this person, this TikTok star kind of points out the differences between the two. We will share a video on this on our uh, on our Facebook page. Yeah, Please check it out and support it. It is a purely very fascinating thing to see that Black Americans were innovating innovative even then and faced with circumstances that are like no you can't go to school to learn learn this standard they said i'm gonna create my own i'm gonna do my own thing and this is something that is now brought on and lived through right yeah which is is interesting it's it's amazing because you know you know obviously we understand that racism existed throughout every part of our culture but right. this is so obscure to think about and, and so when you say, all right, racism was at the root of why this was formed, of course it was, right? But but to understand that something like that survives to this day um, is amazingly fascinating. So I, even me, I'm going to have to go and do some more research into it. You know, the other day I talked to you about um, about the about the idea of going up to a friend of mine who has the winery up in North Georgia 
um, to do a show there and have him have him as a guest on the sh- on the pod. Um, but his wife, ironically, is a American Sign Language teacher or was when we worked together at the Boy Scouts. And so, you know, like now I'm 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 fascinated and I want to know more about about it. But I wonder, does she even know the history of of American Sign Language and now this Black American Sign Language? So of course, after we're done today, I'm gonna send him a text and say, Hey, does your wife know about this? And whether or not she does or she doesn't, this is still fascinating and it's interesting, and I want to know more about it as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think this brings up so there are so many questions that I have just because of the curiosity that that is just my mind. Right. So I'm like, man, so imagine kind of growing up, learning this language amongst your family and then going to school and someone teaching you, no, that's not the way to sign this or it's not the way to sign that. And then having to come home and having this this very, very valuable conversation with your family that says, no, this is the way we talk. Mm -hmm. That is the way they talk. And then developing that code switching uh, isn't just a a speaker thing, but it's also for deaf communities as well is so fascinating. So I wonder now we're taking it a step further is I wonder if the same thing exists for, for Braille. Hmm. That'd be interesting. You know, like that's a just, a, just again, you know, we're diving probably way, really, really deep into this, into this conversation and into this, into this space. Um, but I mean, I think the same thing can be said for, 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 for African-Americans or for whatever, you know, when we, when we talk about how we speak in school or how we speak quote unquote with Ebonics, right. the slang that we use and for teachers to say that's not proper English. Right. Um, you know, I think this is probably along the same lines of, of, of what, in my mind, what a, um, a student who has to go to school and speaks um, Black American Sign Language versus what they're being taught as quote unquote American Sign Language. So this is all, this is all fascinating to me one, either way. Yeah, the philosopher side of me wants to say, uh, I have, like, I always have questions. I'm always asking why. That's probably why I majored in philosophy, right? And there are things that are like, nah, you know, uh, I've always wondered if grammar it's, itself, like the practice of good grammar, right? Mm-hmm. Grammar itself is, could be classified as being racist in a sense of it marginalizes communities because it forces you to conform to some standard that you didn't agree on from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. right? And like there's, there's cases for this, right? People talk about the British comma, right? The British comma. So if you say like three things, you say ham, comma, egg, comma, and cheese, right? Right. <laughs> right. right, right. And, and, and uh, for British, for Britons, most of the time, they don't use that last comma, right? Mm-hmm. They say it's pointless, but you don't force people in Britain to use that, that third comma. So why would you force a kid in Louisiana to do that as well, right? Or it's just a fascinating thing of how we Americans kind of force people to conform to this ideal under this guise of being American, right? This is American sign language, right? And someone, some community has come back and said, no, we're Black Americans and this is our sign language you don't get to force that on me. 
that's why this is so fascinating to mm-hmm. me. Because it's been years. It's been generations that they've said, I get that you keep telling me that children are this other sign, right? That's not my sign for children. My sign for children is something else. I can't, I'm not even going to ignorantly try to reenact that sign, but it is a fascinating comparative yep. note there. That's and, like, and, and, I, and, it's, and it's, this is not my language and here's why, right? Right. Like, here you are in 2020 trying to force me into a language that people said I, my grandmother or my grandfather wasn't allowed to use, right? And that's the, you know, when we think about the ideals of racism and we think about all of these things that, that, that have prevented us from, from, from doing all that we could do, um, we're not talking about things that are, that are three and four and five generations ago. We're talking about our grandparents, right? right. And, that's, and I think that's what, peop, that's what gets lost when we have the conversation around racism is, is they're saying, oh, well, that was so long ago. But, but, but it wasn't, right? Like, like, this is my grandmother's generation. Like my uncle was born in 1906. He was alive when I was alive. And so I'm able to point to things that, that he had happened to in his life that says, oh, like, yeah, th- like that existed, you know, one generation or two generations ago for me, not that this was this long, long ago thing that, that's, that's of distant memory. Like that's my right. uncle that existed in 1906 that dealt with that. Right. So uh, for our viewers, for our friends, friends of the podcast, right? Go on to our Facebook page, check out the video. It is fascinating. It is enlightening. I hope they do a documentary on this. I I hope it follows us through. I have to know more. Mm -hmm. Just for the culture, just to understand and value these people as they should be valued as great innovators of our culture. So, uh, Jeff, I think this takes us to the end. So I'm going to ask you, who's your hero of the week and who's your villain of the week? All right, I think my hero of the week is going to be the, I think they're the Georgia Press Corps or whatever they're called. Um, I don't have the exact name, but they're the people who put on the debate last night or on the December, tw- December 6th, they put on the debate between Purdue and Ossoff and they had it anyway, even though Purdue backed out. And so I love the empty podium. So they're my heroes of the week for not bending to the will of Purdue and just canceling the, the debate outright for actually standing up and putting a debate on with one person was an awesome visual to see. Awesome. Who's your villain of the week? My villain of the week, I think has to be Kanye. Was he my villain last week? Nah. Okay, so Kanye is my villain because I read today that he still owes money to um to a lot of the vendors and the people that he used for um those church services that he was putting on. And oh, I want to no. say I want to say it's over a million dollars that he owes. So ah. you know, and so here he goes again. Here, oh, I'm doing a great thing, and I'm turning it over a new leaf, and and here's this Christian album I'm releasing but I owe everybody money. Was it just a stunt, Kanye? Looks like. I didn't even know about that. I'm gonna have to look into that. This yeah, yeah. I literally saw it and I was about to send you a text about it. And I was like, ah, the show's already pretty full already. So this is probably not something that we're gonna have time to discuss, but Kanye is my villain of the week. All right, all right, I'll take it. So uh, Georgia Press Corp and Kanye, right? Yep. Hero and villain. I got you. What about you, brother? I- I think my hero of the week definitely has to be 
the ancestors. The ancestors that created Black American Sign Language and have been keeping this thing going. I don't know what it took to keep keep it going, mm-hmm. but I respect that you kept it going, right? That culture that 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 makes you hero of the week, yeah. right? One hundred percent villain of the week. People that cannot admit that it's over, right? Trump lost, right? He lost, right? So, so, so you're so your villain of the week is 74 million people. Yes, yes. Every single last one of them, right? I don't get it, right? I don't understand. I, I want to do so I have this thing where I say uh my son does a Cooper shrug, right? He does like a like I don't know, right? Right. I gotta wonder about the people that are out there kind of like, oh, you know, uh uh, Trump is he's gonna win this in a couple of weeks just you wait and see I'm like you're so lost my friend right and I don't want you to be out here looking stupid right so please please stop you have a good stop. you have a good heart brother I just don't want people to look like a like a dummy out here right like I I'm enjoying like, them looking like a dummy hey I was I used to be the kid I'm, I promise you if you met me probably 2002 2003 I would be the person that is laughing at you now, right? That's like, ah, right? Now, I'm just like, hey, man, I don't want you I don't want you to have to go back home and tell your kids you was wrong, right? I see you driving around Douglasville with the American flag all blasting, like, make America great again, put it all on your car, Trump 2020, we got this, and it's, I, I feel bad for you, man. I just feel bad for you. So, so those saying, are my feelings. So you're saying for me, 18 years from now, I'll have an I'll, I'll turn over a new leaf. <laughs> In 18 years, <laughs> 18 years. That's the timeline. That's the scope that we're dealing with. I'm a work in progress, brother. I got 18 years, and I'll be better. Hey, they still working on me, man. Every now and then I slip. <laughs> Every now and then I take a slip over to the dark side. I got to roast some people, but uh, I've largely tried to grow my inner self to that place where I could be like, I don't want you to look better for me. I want you to look better for yourself, man. But that's you. all I do, right? I feel you, bro. I feel you. So this, was, this was another great episode. This is a dope episode. Five, right? I, I, I feel enjoyed this one. Episode. Did you like it? I, hey, brother, I, I'll tell you, every episode, you, we you, we talked about this last week, man. We every, um, well, in, in the week, like every episode just improves on itself and I love it even more. Um, so yeah, this was a lot of fun and I appreciated the fact that I got to scratch in in my itch of politics. I I love talking politics. I think I can talk politics or just life any day, any day. This might turn into a drunk Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's so much more room for, for more, for more political commentary. Right. There's so much more needed to be added to the conversation. Definitely. And I hope our viewers respect that we don't talk from a CNN standpoint or a Fox News standpoint. We're just talking about two people out here living life and what this means for us. So, yeah. And, and I also say, man, you know, and, and that also means, you know, we're going to get stuff wrong. And so I right. think as you journey along with us, man, give us a little bit of grace, um, but then also challenge us, right? If I got something wrong, put it in the comment section. I'm not going to delete you. If right. you want to argue with me, put it in the comment section. I'm not going to delete it. Like, hey, let's have a conversation or, call, you know, oh. like 
like, like let's have a conversation about this stuff. You never know. You might be get, getting called in to be a guest at some point, right? Like alternative views and, and not alternative facts. But if we're gonna have a general comment, if we're gonna have a, a broad conversation, then I then then at very minimum you have to approach me with facts. And then I'm willing to say, yeah, come on, let's have a conversation on the pod, right? I'm not gonna run from it. Um, but if you're gonna approach me and say, Jeffrey, you're wrong and here's why, and you're gonna hit me with propaganda, then you can you 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 can you can kiss my behind on that. Right. So we welcome we welcome all guests. <laughs> except the propaganda spears. Except for the well, except for the propaganda folks out there kind of spewing whatever they do. That's not the place. This isn't that energy. This isn't what we're about. Exactly. So um, I, I'm good with episode five. I'm glad that we did this. Hey, y'all, yeah. hit that like button. Yeah, brother. Like us, subscribe, hit us, enjoy, have fun with us. And more so importantly, share, share this stuff. If y'all, if y'all think this is cool, man, hit the sh- like. Don't just hit the like. Don't hit the comment. Hit the share button and encourage others, man, to follow along. I'm down, man. I'm down. I'm gonna be hitting. I'm, I'm sharing my button, so I'm sharing it all day. Exactly. So y'all, uh, this is Carrie. I'm Jeff, brother. I'll see you next week. Love it, man. Y'all have a great week. Peace out.